Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, the absolute best and easiest way to host your podcast and get paid for it by running ads just like these. And take it from me, I've hosted at least seven of my podcasts on Anchor.fm. I recommend it to every show on our network. And other hosts are going to charge you upwards of $100 every year just to run your podcast on their host. Anchor.fm does it for free. So go check out Anchor.fm for more information. The Cyberpunk Lorecast is now brought to you by our awesome patrons at patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. Everyone who supports the show gets episodes early and an ad-free experience. Plus, it's pay what you want. It starts at $3 a month, and you can pay more if you'd like. Go check it out, patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast. Robots Radio presents... The Cyberpunk... Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. All right, cyberpunks, it is time to talk about solos and if you are not familiar with cyberpunk and the the tabletop rpg and the terminology behind the different classes in this game a solo is exactly what it sounds like it's somebody who goes it alone somebody who goes out on their own and takes care of themselves the hired assassin the bodyguard the soldier somebody who depends on their own abilities in combat in order to turn the odds. Now, with Cyberpunk 2077 coming out in just a few months, a solo is one of the three classes that you can play as, and I have a feeling that my guess, and just my guess, knowing the way that many of us approach video games, the bulk of the audience is going to go solo build. Maybe first. First solo build, and then maybe do another playthrough and try out some of the others. But here's the thing. Solos make sense, especially for a video game. They are the run and gun warrior fighter type class in any TTRPG party in any tabletop party. You will most likely need a solo on your on your team as part of the party. You need somebody who you can rely on when things go awry when your net runner gets caught hacking and the authorities come after you because ultimately that's just what's going to happen. Any, any good game master is going to design some actual conflict situations and you're going to need somebody who can shoot your way out or can tank a majority of the hits. And that's where the solo comes in. So let's dive into the 2020 game guide and I love the way that the the text in these 
game guides describe things and they got it right. And and much of the text in these descriptions comes from the original 2013 and gets carried over. So let's let's just read it here. It says solos hired assassins, bodyguards, killers, soldiers. You were reborn with a gun in your hand, the flesh and blood hand, not the metallic weapons factory that covers most of your other arm. Whether as a freelance guard or killer for hire or as one of the corporate cyber soldiers, and that's all one word, corporate cyber soldiers that enforce business deals and companies black operations. You're one of the elite fighting machines of the cyberpunk world. Most solos have put in military time, either in a corporate army or one of the government's continual, quote, police actions around the world. As the battle damage piles up, you start to rely more and more upon hardware, cyber limbs for weapons and armor, bio program chips to increase your reflexes and awareness, combat drugs to give you the edge over the opponent's. When you're the best in the business, you might even leave the ranks of corporate samurai and go ronin, freelancing your lethal talents as killer, bodyguard, or enforcer to whoever can pay your very high fees. Sounds good? There's a price. A heavy one. You've lost so much of your original meat body that you're almost a machine. Your killing reflex are so jacked up that you have to restrain yourself from going berserk at any moment. Years of combat drugs taken to keep the edge have given you terrifying addictions. You can't trust anyone. Your mother, your friends, your lovers. No one. One night, you sleep in a penthouse condo in the city. The next, in a filthy alley on the street. But that's the price of being the best. And you're willing to pay it. Because you're a solo. Now, doesn't that sound like the majority of the first person shooter type characters that we play as in these games. And one of the things I think is really interesting about this is this idea that you are trading in your humanity for your augmentations and even for your drug addictions and things like that. You are becoming a killing machine. Literally, your body is transforming into a machine and your humanity is eking away piece by piece. And there's lots of different ways you can play this role. The assassin, the bounty hunter, the person who's out there in order to make a name for yourself and be the best of the best, the the most badass combatant out there, the one who turns nobody down at any point of conflict, or simply a bodyguard, somebody who's willing to be underneath the employment, I guess we could say, of a more significant social power because they're happy to just do what they do best. And when the situation arises, they put down the enemies as quickly as possible. Or just the soldier, somebody who's willing to be paid to be the best of the best when it comes to killing and completing whatever mission they have as defined by someone else. But like this, like this says, so much of the time, as you get better and better at this, as you become more and more augmented, you lose your humanity. And at some point, you find it best to just go out on your own. If you make a name for yourself as the best, then you can, you can make more money. You can get paid more to do what you do 
and to make sure that the mission gets accomplished, regardless of what it is. So I've had some correspondence with some of you guys asking for different ideas for future episodes and things like that. And I appreciate it. Please keep writing me. Let me know what you want to hear on this show, what information you're interested in finding out about. And I will do my best to research it. Um, In some cases, there's information from the game guides and the uh, the documents that have come out over the years for the tabletop game. And there's things that we can we can draw from that. In other cases, there's information that's a lot harder to get. It's things about what's going to happen with Cyberpunk 2077 and what's going to be in that game specifically. And that's a lot harder to find. But I can do my best to research those things. One of the th- one of the things that I'm going to try to dive into in the future is a deeper dive into the augments and the technology that you can actually use, at least in the tabletop RPG, which is probably going to influence a lot of what we see in the video game um, when it comes to your body and that kind of thing. The different kinds of augments you can you can give your arms, for example, and turn them into weapons or the different kinds of augments you can do with your legs in order to be quicker and faster and even the chips and the implant implants you can put into your your body in order to be more aware and to sense things augments to your eyes. And I've done a little bit of that. I've uh, There's a previous episode where I go into some of these updates and things that you can make in your body when it comes to cyber enhancements. But I'm sure there's a lot more that we can go into in the future. And when you think about it from the perspective of a solo Those actual augments to your body are extremely important in a world where all of the enemies that you come across are basically in an arms race together, getting the best equipment, being the quickest on the draw, being the most aware of danger is very important. And the other thing here that I find really interesting about this description of the solo is that your reflexes are so jacked up that you have to restrain yourself from going berserk at any time. In general human conversation, in situations where you're just having a conversation, you probably are primed to read danger into situations that are typically not so dangerous. You're you're going to jump the gun, which is probably a, a pun, but... a a, a necessary one, one that actually makes a lot of sense. So I want to hear from you guys what kind of solo you're going to build or what kind of combat you're going to go after and how you might augment yourself for that. After the break that we're about to take in the middle of the show, I am going to detail three different potential builds that I have found on the internet that are suggestions for the tabletop game. And like I said, because we don't have a whole lot of insight into exactly how things are going to play out in the video game yet, maybe these will be inspirational to you in how you might build out your solo in 2077. All of the podcasts on Robots Radio are sponsored by Gamefly and Loot Crate. So check out the show notes for the links. For Gamefly, you can get a free month of whatever game or movie rentals you want. That's a free month. You can sign up right now. Just click the link in the show notes and you can get whatever games or movies you want. Free shipping, all that for a month, 30 days of whatever games or movies you want. You can return them whenever you want and then just check out the next one. So if you want to get access to whatever the new games are for free, check out the link in the show notes. Also, 
15% off Loot Crate. If you're interested in Loot Crate, get a bunch of swag to put on your desk, shirts to wear, things to put on your walls of video games, movie characters, all sorts of cool stuff. Check out the link in the show notes and use the code ROBOTSRADIO to get 15% off. Make sure you use the links in the show notes so they know we sent you. I'm Bob. And I'm Brad. We're lifelong friends. And the hosts of the Film and Whiskey Podcast. This is the show where each week we review a classic movie and a glass of whiskey. That's right. Every week we go in-depth on a well-known movie while sampling the best from the world of scotch, bourbon, and more. Because nothing goes better with strong opinion than equally strong liquor. Bob's a movie nerd. Brad's an average Joe. But together, we give fresh insights and hot takes on the world of movies and spirits. So check out the Film and Whiskey Podcast. Part of the Robots Radio Network. So there was one more thing I meant to mention down during that middle part that I didn't, but I'm just going to put it right here right now because some of you guys might be aware of something or be part of what I'm looking for. So we're growing the network. I'm adding shows to the network as often as I find the quality shows that make sense to add to the network. And I would love to have a tabletop role-playing game podcast about cyberpunk on the network. And I know there's a few out there. There's a few that are very established. Chances are they're established enough. They're already part of their own networks or they're not interested in joining somebody like us because they're probably very established. But I'm sure there are some out there that are smaller that are starting up. And personally, I would love some recommendations on just some to listen to myself. And if you are a fan of any of those shows out there that you think would make make sense on this network that you think are good, high quality shows that are putting out regular content that are really entertaining to listen to and interested in joining a network. Or if you if you're running your show like that yourself, then reach out to me. Let me know. Hop on the hop on the discord. Send me a note on Twitter. And I'd love to check out your show. There's actually a place on the robotsradio.net website where you can actually apply to join the network. So if I would love any recommendations, stuff that I should go check out for sure. So please let me know about that. All right, let's get back to solos. Sorry to take so much time on that stuff. I I usually try to avoid talking that stuff too long, but I won't take any more of your time with it. There's a quote here in the Cyberpunk 2020 game guide about the kind of conversation, the kind of dialogue you would get from a solo. And this one is Morgan Blackhand. And Morgan says, after I got out of the army, I had this problem. I was good at what I did, but no one was hiring. I mean, what do you do when you're a highly trained killer with a background in demolitions? Read a want ad? After a few months on the street, I got into a dust down with the local booster lord. I flattened him and went back to my drink. Within 10 minutes, the recruiter from Militech came up to me and dropped a business card. Now I'm a company man. The pay's good, the work's steady, and they pay me for my spare parts. So far, I'm still alive. So far, so good. And that's kind of an attitude that you would get from a solo, especially one really looking for work. Somebody who hasn't really made a name for themselves yet. So in doing research from this for this, I, I came across a blog, uh, Vercade's Project. This is a website that details some some builds for some cyberpunk tabletop classes, basically. And there's there's a few here for solos, and they have a very interesting name. 
And these might be inspiration for the way that you build out a character if you're playing the tabletop, which would be awesome. Or in Cyberpunk 2077, once we know a little bit more, maybe you can take one of these concepts and build it into your character. So let me know if any of these resonate with you guys and you think you might want to go in the direction of one of these characters. So the first one is the smooth operator. And it says here, the smooth operator is a stylish, sociable killer, comfortable moving through high society. He or she could be a bodyguard or a super spy or a movie assassin. They can perform as the face in situations where the party doesn't have a dedicated fixer. The smooth operator is fast, really fast. They need to be. The other two characters often enter combat with a degree of planning or at least expectation. The smooth operator has to react quickly to sudden threats, hidden assassins, deals gone bad, dark betrayals. Bodyguards look out of place with rocket-propelled great grenade launchers. The spy will be noticed if he's carrying an assault rifle. It's hard to smoothly seduce someone while dressed as an SP-50 hardsuit. So the smooth operator carries an unobtrusive pistol. He aims to draw first, shoot first, and drop the target before she can shoot back. Combat sense makes her seem almost superhuman. Speedwear removes the almost. And yes, they invested in skin weave. Sometimes cyborg assassins just don't know when to fail. A stun shock save. So you get the sense of what this is. This is a an operator that a smooth operator, a solo that is ready for anything, but is not obvious. In so many cases, you have solos that are obvious, right? Somebody who busts into a room with a machine gun and a rocket launcher and is a hulking has a hulking build with a bunch of hardware on them. Somebody who is just obviously equipped for battle and is super intimidating. The smooth operator is kind of the opposite of that. They're deadly. They're just as deadly, but they're not as obvious. And a lot of this has to do with their style. It has to do with the kinds of items they're wearing, the kinds of augments they have, and the the actual clothing that they have. Somebody who walks in and, and looks less obviously abrasive. Somebody maybe who comes in in a suit, a business suit has clean-cut hair, wears glasses, maybe a bow tie. But underneath it all, they've got quick reflexes, and they've got a pistol that can drop you as quick as anything else. The second idea here is the Point Man. The Point Man is a soldier in the corporate wars. They designed for some of the games where the characters roll around dusty cities in tin-plated SUVs, taking fire from drones and AK-toting militia alike. A smart, linked Ronin gives them the firepower to quickly drop anyone who steps in their firing arc. Their highly trained, highly experienced combat sense makes sure they'll drop enemies before they even raise their weapons. Soldiers in combat don't need to worry much about how they look or how they smell. There isn't any reason for the point man not to cover themselves in heavy armor. Neither is there much reason for the character to worry about civilian weapons law. Any drone or Borg coming for them is going to get introduced to the business end of their underslug grenade launcher. So this is very much more the typical soldier build. This is somebody who 
equips themselves with everything that they need. They give themselves all the armor, all the weapons, and they are just ready at a moment's notice. But unlike the previous one, they are super obvious. <laughs> you have somebody like this march into a, a difficult situation and they are going to give away their intentions right from the beginning because they look like they're there to shoot the place up. But sometimes that's what you want. Sometimes you want to diffuse the situation by being more intimidating than the enemy is willing to deal with. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes that kind of response gets bullets immediately and you have to just start shooting back. The last one here is called the professional. The professional is a stealthy assassin. Think Leon. Think the Jackal. He has the stealth skills to case the target, the security skills to enter unnoticed, and the disguise skills to walk away after the fact. He excels when he has time to carefully plan his entry and makes a fine partner to a prowler or other corporate thief. A 12mm SMG is more concealable than a rifle while still more capable of putting down most of the opposition. The professional deals with guards by evading them, not by shooting through their metal gear. More than any of the other characters here, the professional could benefit from a trip through the Chromebooks or Autumn Blade. The core book doesn't provide a sniper rifle unless you count the 20mm monster firing DPU rounds. The professional can do a lot of awful, awful things in a dark city with a sniper rifle and stealth of eight. After that, go looking for some of the wonderful stealth gear scattered throughout the Cyberpunk 2020 canon. Anything to help you get that beautiful plus five ambush bonus. So this is kind of a combination of the typical stealth sniper, the kind of stealth sniper you'd play in something like Fallout. With somebody who can be disguised and walk into a situation and maybe equip an SMG in order to sneak into a place, take everybody down. And I would assume that that SMG is silenced. Somebody who can get in, take down whatever guards are in the way as quick as possible, and then get out. Splinter Cell, like the Splinter Cell games, but somebody who's more augmented than, than that, because obviously that's a different world. So which character are you going to go with? Are you going to go? This seems to be kind of the full extent of, I don't know, the range of options, I guess you can say. You have, first of all, let's go back to the second one, the point man, who is your military guy. He is your soldier and he is super obvious. Then you have some more subtle play plays you can go with, I guess you can say. Subtle builds. The professional is Equally as deadly, I think they're all equally as deadly in their own ways, but is much more planned. He doesn't just bust into a room and start shooting. He cases the place, and he hits enemies from a distance. And if he does his job right, he's never noticed. And similarly, but different in, a, in kind of a different way, you have the smooth operator. He's kind of like the 007 character. The one who can talk his way through a situation, the one who can show up at the party and nobody expects them to be as deadly as they are. And ultimately, when things go down, they get the first shot. So what kind of build are you going to go with? I think all three of them can be super fun to role play as and it would be a lot of fun to play in a tabletop game with some friends. But I have to wonder, is this are, are these three kinds of builds going to be possible in cyberpunk 2077 i hope so i hope they can 
but I guess we're just going to have to see. All right, Cyberpunks, thanks for tuning in again, and I will see you next week with our next episode. And until then, stay safe in Night City, and I'll talk to you later. See ya. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal, and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And always remember, swooping.